Yo, yo, what up, everyone? And welcome to another brand new episode of the Behind the Baller podcast. That is the world famous, award winning, chart topping, and the most unorthodox business podcast behind the baller. All right, y'all. Yo, fresh off the plane from Tulum, your boy is back, back. Uh, the old boy, that is. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known as the Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. the Korean Roy McAvoy, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Koreatown Hustler. BTB Army, what's good, y'all? Did you miss me? Um, Gave you that little edit, you know, the little uh, um, best of the Koreatown Hustler series. And uh, I started realizing... um. My sister's getting involved in this TV show that they're trying to do about my life and, and obviously include her in it because uh, she's my sister. And she was breaking out these crazy-ass stories yesterday. And I'm like, fuck, man. I got to do this K-Town Hustle Part 3 and get you guys to this fucking um, crazy-ass shit that went on in my life in 09 before I met Nicolette. Like, what a fucking year. Um, I would be starting, I think, 05 on the K-Town Hustle. I got I to gotta check. But a lot of shit's coming up, man. A lot of good stuff. Uh, we got a surprise guest on today's show. I'm not even going to mention who it is because it happened out of nowhere. Um, I think if you read the fucking liner notes, you'll see who it is. But uh, he always has a lot to say. And I don't want to mention his name until we get on the fucking the interview. But uh, guys, I'm on day two of this intermittent fasting I've always heard that word intermittent fasting or that term and and I'm like, what the fuck is it, right? But my, my wife has kind of been on it for a while and you, if you've seen my wife's body, I, I don't even talk about her body. Like I'm just saying like, like she's lost weight, slimmed down, got abs, you know, she's very proud of what, where she's gone and um, meanwhile, motherfuckers posted pictures in Tulum and shit and dudes is calling me Spongebob Squarepants, that was a fucking good one. I haven't heard that one yet. That was pretty funny. Um, but I've been wanting to get on a diet, you know what I'm saying? I lost a little weight before I got uh, to Tulum, but I ate like a son of a bitch when I got there. And um, big shout out to my dog, Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo, you know, from the Swagoo and Perk podcast. He's from ESPN, former NFL uh, uh, football player. And uh, he gave me the exact details on how to do this shit right. Everyone has their own little thing here and there. Look, man, I just kind of go with one thing and see how it is from there. I'm not trying to, I trust, you know, certain things, but he gave me the formula. And um, I feel different already in two days. It's just an interesting thing because this is my schedule. Every morning I wake up at 6.30. At 6.35, after I've taken a piss, I immediately have my coffee. It is the go-to immediate. I don't give a fuck where I'm at. If I'm in a different city and I wake up that early, I wake up at seven or whatever, the first thing I got to do is get my coffee. And it's been natural for me to do that for the last like 10 years maybe, you know, but it's been more direct, like at home, you know, I'll have UCC coffees, whatever. And uh, I have coffee throughout the day. The thing is, I don't mind milk in my coffee. I don't drink straight, you know, straight up, but I drink cold brew too, but it's hard to do that at the house, right? And I'm lazy. It's not like before when um, I was taking London Rider School, I would do the certain things, whatever. But it's weird because I can't have 
I'd have to have straight black coffee. So today I'm going to go get some green tea, no sugar in it at all. You know what I'm saying? And some black tea, no sugar, some oolong tea, just so I have something in the morning that's not water that can get me going right now. My boy Swagoo said, you know, after I think he's been on it for three weeks or something, or maybe it's been six weeks, I forgot, but he said he's been feeling really good, a lot of energy. I feel a little off here and there. I felt kind of like, you know, I felt slim throughout the day, but um, last night, you know, uh, so what I'm doing is I'm doing eight and 16. It's eight hours where I can eat, you know, 16 hours where I don't eat. So after 7.45, I'm done. I'm not eating after 7.45. I sit for the night. So, you know, the thing about me is, I might go to bed at 11.30. I might go to bed at 1.30. So just, you know, when I wake up, I'm fucked up because, you know, I'm tired of shit. But usually when I wake up, by the time it gets to like 12 o'clock, my stomach is slim as a bitch. Ain't shit in it. I've already taken my shit for the day. It's just difficult because, you know, as soon as I have my coffee at 6.30, you know, by 7 a.m., I'm on the toilet, you know, getting out of my business so I can, you know, get my day started. So it's, it's just been a little off. But uh, yeah, I'll keep you guys updated on that. I don't know if you guys care about, you know, whatever. But um, I know I've said this at least five times on this podcast in the two and a half years I've had it. But I did lose 50 fucking three pounds in 88 days back, um, you know, 13 years ago. But uh, 14 years ago. Yo, listen, fuck all that. Tulum, we got to get into it real quick, man. It was everything I wanted it to be. Now... Of course, you know, it wasn't the wedding in Hyde Park that we had planned, uh, which is, um, you know, technically it wasn't Mayfair in London. We planned a wedding to renew our vows, 10-year anniversary. It was it was a big deal. And it was like, you know, this ain't going to happen. We're going to gotta renew it at maybe 15, uh, 20 even. But shit, at 20, dog, I'll be fucking 59. Like, nah, dog, it just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be kind of crazy. But Tulum. I don't give a fuck how many memes or how many influencers or all these people that go there. Fuck all the hype bullshit. It is the truth. It's legit. Okay. There was some cap, but it was very nice. Expensive as shit to do it the way I wanted to do it, but nice. I'm sure there was ways to save money here and there. I was not trying to hear it. I don't want to hear no, oh, we could wait this. We could, I, I, no. Hell no. I wasn't cutting not one fucking corner. It was our 10-year um, wedding anniversary, 12 years together. It was a, a, you know, a glorious time. It was six days in paradise. Um, me and my wife have not been away from the kids that long. Uh, I got to really give a huge shout out to my mother-in-law and father-in-law for taking care of the kids and getting them to school through, um, actually it wasn't that bad for them, right? It was a Thursday, Friday and, uh, Monday and, uh, part Tuesday. Yeah, it was, it wasn't that bad, but I'll say this. The flight was a breeze. LAX to Cancun, it was like barely four, it was like four hours and like change, maybe four hours and five minutes. It was real fast. As soon as we landed, customs was a motherfucker. Ain't no global entry in fucking, you know, in Cancun. This shit, they don't give a fuck. Ain't no, it's not like when you go to Dubai or go to fucking Asia where they have a first class, you know, flight line and whatever. Yeah, if you'd have flown private, it'd been different. Maybe you'd had your different customs here and there. Regardless, I'm not trying to hear this shit. What really fucked me up was, the good thing is I didn't really eat on a plane like that. I didn't really eat before that. 
I knew I wasn't about to be fucking having a stomachache. You know what I'm saying? Because it was early ass flight. We had a fucking 7.50 a.m. flight or some shit like that. I forgot what, or maybe it was fucking 7 a.m. flight. I forgot. It was hella early. When we landed in Tulum, it was uh, like three o'clock or something, right? Two hour fucking drive. Driver's ready to go. We go through customs. I'm sorry. The customs line though was a fucking movie, right? And then the driver's there. We got, you know, a black suburban car. Driver doesn't speak English. I'm not tripping. I'm all good, whatever. This dude was driving like a bat out of hell. It's a two-hour drive. The motherfucker got us there in an hour and 35 minutes. Not a cut. 25 minutes off of, uh, you know, that trip was crazy. Because when you start getting on to the fucking bumpy road, is some shit. But he cut some shit out, you know. Um, let me break down Tulum to you. You know, less than 10 years ago, way less than 10 years ago, maybe even seven to six years ago, this place didn't exist. Now, there was land there. There was a city called Tulum or whatever, but there was no resorts there. was nothing like that at all. This shit is very, very recent. Even Casa Malca, I think, is within the last, like, four years or something, maybe five years. Um, my boy Ray, a.k.a. Crime by Design, he was actually the first person I ever seen go there before any motherfucking influencer, whatever it may be. And it is nice. There's ways to, I'm sure that there's influencers that figure out certain deals and whatever, but look, I'm not with all that bullshit. I did what I did. I showed my love, whatever. It was cool, but I was treated very well. Um, the people I was, uh, that were handling me at the hotel from the concierge to everything else. Um, I was staying, you know, in a beachfront master suite, um, you know, open the fucking doors, boom, we're on the sand. And, um, I had a security guard, which was kind of like, you know, mandatory. And the thing about this is I have a few friends who've, who've gone many times. I have a friend who lives there. I have my wife's friends who visit a lot. So there was a lot of input. And I've been to Quintana Roo, right? So I've been there a few times. I've been to Playa del Carmen. I've been to Cancun. I've been going to Cancun for 20, 25 years now, right? So Tulum is very boho. Like, if you guys know what Bohemian is and, you know, sort of like Coachella, you know, but this is the real Bohemian vibes, right? So that means that, you know, some of these places don't have fucking full electricity at a five-star resort. The thing with Tulum is if you stay at Playa del Carmen, there's going to be a Conrad there. There's a Ritz-Carlton. There's, you know, major resort people there. When it comes to Tulum, this is like very boutique-style, you know, resorts. And, you know... A lot of these hotels don't have AC in them, which is fucking crazy, right? Because it's fucking, you know, 85 degrees, humid as a motherfucker, and the sun is out there beaming on you, right? And that water is different. I don't give a fuck. How I'm, I've been to Cabo 25 times, maybe. And you think about Cabo San Lucas, how convenient it is, two hours and 20 minute flight, you know, 30 minutes, maybe 50 minutes if you're seeing deep to get to your telly, whatever, but you're pretty much, you know, you're there. This is a whole different side of Mexico, right? Now, I ain't gonna cap. Where we stayed, Casamalca, that shit was legit, okay? This was Pablo Escobar's old estate. He owned this area. Um, it was, I guess, his, his estate mansion house. They turned it into a resort. Um, there's artists there, you know, that have done artwork there. There's a real cause piece in there that's gotta be at least close to a million dollar cause joint. People be like, oh, is that fake? Whatever. And they've fucked it up, man. They've polished it and whatever. But it's a resort. They don't give a fuck. But it's dope that that's there. There's, 
you know, these huts and like these suites that are up and, and it's it's real jungle vibes. It's crazy. It's it's very, very fresh ass place. Uh again, expensive as shit though. The crazy part is their cheapest rooms are like eight hundred dollars a night. And for some of the people be like, oh, it's not a big deal. It, it is if you if you try to stay there for a little while, you know, you stay there for six days or something at eight hundred dollars a night. You know, by the time you get out of the resort fees and taxes, everything, that's the band, right? So, you know, you stay there for five nights, five bands just for the room with nothing else. And that's a small room. I'm talking like, you know, 400 square feet is some shit, you know. So you want to stay in some shit, you got to pay some bread. Every time a waiter came to see me, whether it was on the beds outside, um, room service, inside the restaurants, at the resort, it was $140. It was $200, you know, morning breakfast, fucking lit, you know, have my motherfucking Wevels and, you know, and queso and fucking that quesadillas. I had fucking, you know, cafe, you know, the coffee there is incredible. They don't got no like lattes like that shit. It's just great coffee there. There's a lot of vegan food there, which is surprising, but not surprising because it's Tulum and, you know, all these fucking yogis that go there, they're into yoga and all that shit, that whole lifestyle of that, it's that whole bohemian lifestyle. So, I didn't really see any influence there, you know, like people like that were in that shit, but it was, you know, a beautiful place to capture pictures. The water was perfect. The pool was dope. The restaurants inside the hotel, I think they have two main restaurants that were dope. One is Asian infusion, um, like Japanese, a little bit of Chinese. Then they had their international restaurant. Then they had room service. And then obviously you got the bar, you know, uh, cabana service, all that stuff. But well, yo, it was lit. You know, I'm not trying to say everything about the, the hotel, but it was very good. Uh, the other hotels that we checked out to have drinks and kind of kick it, have had a meal there, whatever. Uh, B Tulum, like B-E, B Tulum is like the hot spot right now. That's where motherfuckers is going. They even had Tesla chargers outside the hotel. People were like, oh, you know, it's not that fucking coming there, fucking Tesla. Attention. Hey, stupid, dumb fuck, fucking dumbass, stupid ass idiots. You ever been in Tulum before? Nah. Okay, then shut the fuck up, right? It's like imagining a motherfucking, an NBA team in North Korea. Like, you're just not going to see that type of shit, okay? <laughs> you got to understand, man. This is a fucking island where the electricity, even at the fucking places that have electricity, goes out at random points of the day. So you ain't going to have constant power like that. So it's a trip to see a Tesla in that area. I haven't seen one, but they had Tesla chargers, Okay, so I don't know where the fuck these people were with the Teslas, but B Tulum is like that, you know, the the five star hotspot. Another spot called Nomad, um, but Nomad was dope. Had some drinks there. It was a weird trip. We were staying in the quiet part of Tulum, where it wasn't that bad. It was like a 15, 20 minute walk to get to some action, and it was just beautiful. It, it was the weather was good. everything was right nighttime vibes are right no one's like super dressed up you ain't got to come out like my wife ain't had to wear no crazy ass dresses or nothing you know she ain't got to come out there in a fucking um in a bandage dress or any kind of fancy shit and um most of the really really fancy spots and the quiet spots like the main i don't know five or six resorts that are near me they stop serving drinks at like 10 30 and after that it's like quiet time you know and and it was dope you know um I appreciate all the people that were giving me suggestions, but 95% of the suggestions are places I already checked out, already knew, and the rest of them are just shit that I didn't want to fucking go to, right? 
So the crazy part is we were chilling on the beach, taking pictures, kicking it. And then my wife was like, yo, I want to go see the ruins. I want to go see the cenotes. And she's getting all these ideas from her cousin and stuff. And I'm like, yo, like, I'm just trying to chill, man. You know what I mean? It's a 10 year. I'm not trying to do all this extra shit. And I've already been eating like crazy. Like when I say crazy, I mean legit four or five meals a day, like big ones. I'm like, fuck, man, I need to chill. Drinking Mexican Cokes all day in Mexico. Obviously, it's not called Mexican Coke there. But, um, you know, there's no fucking corn syrup. Shit's that real cane sugar, that good shit. Drinking, you know, having my tequila and drinking, you know, whatever the fuck. Uh, having my Pacificos and, and drinking beer, whatever. So, cenotes are, you know, obviously the ruins, whatever. And there's these beautiful pools. But they're natural. You know, it's natural. It's real water. It's like they won't even let you enter these natural ruins, these scuba diving pools and these fucking caves. You can't enter these spots if you have suntan lotion on. They won't allow suntan lotion. It's like perfect, literally drinking water, right? It's like a, a tripped out thing. Even the locals that live in Tulum, that live in Quintana Roo, they go to these cenotes and they're so fucking popular. There's so many people there to get these pictures at these ruins that if you want to go to the real dope shit, it's like an hour away from the hotel. And I'm like, nah, dog, I'm good. And like the roads get fucked up and you go and you might have to walk another 20, 30 minutes to go see like, it just, these are beautiful ruins. But I'm like, dog, this, this, that was not what I was trying to do on this trip. But we did hit three cenotes and um, we had an amazing driver, by the way. Man, this guy was fucking amazing. His last name was Chi. And um, I guess his great grandparents or his grandparents were, were from China. Super dope dude. And um, fuck, if you, if you, ever try to go look for this dude. He's a taxi driver named Mr. Chi. I forgot what the fuck. I, I got to get his info and, and give you guys. This dude was definitely the plug. Spoke perfect English. Was amazing. But yeah, man, you know, some of the highlights was uh, Rosa Negro was definitely the spot that's popping crazy. You know, um, everyone is fucking there, but not necessarily my vibes, right? Uh, there's a spot that we had to call Wild. It, it was all right. Now, Arca fucking excellent but the best part of the best restaurant that i ate at had to be heartwood that's h-a-r-t-w-o-o-d heartwood was definitely the best fucking food i had in tulum no cap every single place that i ate at in tulum was just an incredible fucking meal it just couldn't get better and better and it did get better and better nicolette had her first steak at the hotel at the international place called Philosophy in our resort and we got a tomahawk and it was fucking one of the best steaks I've had in a while and I had some really good steaks this year already. It was fucking incredible. Great times, man. I had a lot of people saying like, yo, man, you know, you way too rich to be waiting in line. You should be flying private, this and that. Like, look, there's people with way more money than me with nine figures you know, that are flying into Cancun on commercial, okay? <laughs> if you look at even Kanye, he's allegedly worth $6 billion, which he's not. But that motherfucker's been flying commercial a hell of a lot lately, okay? So I'm not trying to hear all the stupid-ass bullshit. You guys are reading the room fucked up. Nobody cares about how much money you got, especially even in that corrupt country where you can buy shit. Look, they're not fucking here. They're, they're not, they don't even fuck. The only thing you could do is we, we rented some Vespa scooters and we were riding the scooters down the street and I didn't have my helmet on and I got stopped by Federales. I had to give the motherfucker, you know, 300 pesos, which ain't shit. But 
there was times where these these dudes were asking for more money, but thank God I had my security guard. So he would talk to him and be like, yeah, that, that ain't happening. Now, I am going to try to go to whole box next because everyone tells me that's the shit. And I believe him. Um, and that's also in Quintana Roo right there. And it's, uh, you know, about almost a two-hour drive and then like a 20-minute ferry ride, which I'm not looking forward to. But the crazy part is, you know, your boy got ulcerative colitis and I've been eating beans and cheese and all kinds of crazy shit and just all kinds of different seafood, just all types of shit. So when we had to go home and had to take that two-hour drive, that motherfucker hit different. About an hour in, I told my driver, this time, thank God, when that black suburban, he's like, yo, man, you speak perfect English. Dude lived in Toronto. I was I was shocked, man. Like, dude was born in Yucatan and then, you know, uh, moved to, to Toronto. I forgot why. I think his family worked for a bank or something. He's telling me the story. And then came to Tulum. was like, yo, I want to live in Holbox. And I'm like, okay, shit, I got to go there. But about an hour into the drive home, uh, back to, the, to Cancun Airport, my stomach starts rumbling. And I look at Nicolette and she's already tired as hell. I'm like, yo, I'm sorry. I got We got to stop. I'm not going to get into all the details, but thank God we did stop. Um, it's five pesos to use the bathroom. I would have paid motherfucking 500 pesos. I had to go like for real, for real, okay? But again, man, it was definitely a lit time. I can't see me bringing London Rider or Kaya there until Kaya is at least 12 and that would mean that that London's like way in his teens and everything. And that'd be a cool thing because then we can go surfing. We can go, um, there's some water sports, get some ATVs and shit. But this ain't like the area for kids' kids. Like this is a sports spot for motherfuckers who could drink alcohol and, and or into yoga and into that type of shit. It was vibes. It was definitely vibes. I'm sure there's other shit that I'm missing. But yo, I want to get into this interview and we're going to talk about the situation about Ukraine and we're going to talk about the repercussions and all the fucking, you know, the end result, or I'm sorry, the damages that are going to happen, you know, with this ongoing war between Ukraine and Russia and, and this whole wild ass shit. So we're going to get into a couple commercials, jump in this interview with my dude, and I'm sure you guys are going to have a, a blast because my boy is always wild. So yo, Miles, you already know what the fuck it is. All right, y'all, we'll be right back. This Saturday night, Bad Blood comes to a boil as George Masvidal takes on Colby Covington in the main event at UFC 272, and my bookie is upping the stakes. Double your money on your initial deposit and back Masvidal or Covington to win via KO to take advantage of a my bookie boosted odds payout. It's easy. It only takes a moment to sign up at mybookie.ag. Use my promo code BENBALLER and you'll instantly double your very first deposit. Now with that extra scratch in your account, place a bet on any fight on the card, including what will be absolutely an action-packed main event. Don't miss out. Secure your MyBookie double deposit bonus today by using promo code BENBALLER and gear up for UFC 272. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. It's mybookie.ag. Use promo code Ben Baller. 
The secret of creative testing is this. No one knows what they're doing. From CMOs to marketing managers, everyone is making it up. Make your life a whole lot easier and finally know that you know with MarPipe. MarPipe is a new testing platform for Facebook ads that lets you do creative testing better. The average MarPipe customer reports that their ad performance doubles in less than 30 days. I did some tests with some of my baseball cards and the results were off the charts. This is not some shady offer you're going to find in your spam folder. MarPipe is an Adobe-backed ad tech platform that is remaking the digital creative industry. It's deceptively simple. Just upload your assets and MarPipe will create hundreds of ad variants and seamlessly launch them with one click. MarPipe works with companies that are spending tens of thousands on Facebook and brands as large as Mars, Tubi, and Quip. And Business Insider Magazine calls MarPipe the money ball of ad creative. If you're spending over $25,000 a month on Facebook advertising, you need MarPipe today. Book a free demo at marpipe.com slash baller right now and get a free $2,000 credit. Sign up for your free demo and get a free $2,000 credit at marpipe.com slash baller. M-A-R-P-I-P-E dot com slash baller. Guys, you know me, Mr. Positivity. To keep the new year positivity going, Audible has created a destination for complete well-being that delivers. Inspiration, encouragement, and actionable steps, no matter what your goals are, at audible.com slash well-being. Audible editors have curated a range of titles featuring experts in a wide range of self-care and self-development categories. From mastering your emotions and improving relationships to getting in shape and finding more success at work and at home. Among the listens are brand new titles from some of the most inspiring original voices in genre, including best-selling self-help expert Mel Robbins, who returns with a new podcast called Here's Exactly What to Do. Coach Pamela has created Mastering the Skill of Reinvention, which can help you turn the life you dream of into the life you live. Renowned music producer and performer, Major, who offers Major Frequency, a revitalizing journey into the healing power of music. Listening opens up a world of opportunities for discovering insights wherever you are. And these titles can give you the confidence and motivation you need to build the life you deserve. Audible.com slash well-being. Yo, 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 BTB Army. I am fresh back again, you know, for my um, 10-year anniversary. And I got a special guest that just randomly hit me up and, you know, we have these conversations and it was uh, something I thought, you know, a, a nice little impromptu chat about what's going on. And, you know, I discussed my opinion on, on the Ukraine situation and um, with Russia and everything and all that. But, you know, this is a business show, so we should get into the effects of what this war, not what it might do, but what is going to happen and what is happening. And of all fucking people, 
<laughs> I got Tracks NYC, the craziest motherfucker that I know who happens to be an ally of mine, a rare ally of mine in the jewelry business. And uh, yeah, you know, he's been on the show three times, the fucking fourth time now. Maxud, what's good, bro? Not much, man, not much. And you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get right into it. You know, it's more than business because any real businessman has to take risks. And what you're seeing right now on a world global stage is someone who's risking it all at the age of 69, about to turn 70. After a lifetime, all sorts of shit. And they're risking it all and they're risking the world with it. And people don't really realize that, what position, uh, you know, uh, this guy put himself in to isolate to Putin, to isolate a whole nation, to have people turn against them. Now, you could do that in some cases in a business sense, you know, sometimes risk it all. It could be on a lawsuit. It could be on some business deal. It's shit happens and, you know, you have to push the red button or, you know, people start to posture and who's willing to bleed more and all this other shit. And to see it on a scale, on a historical scale, is something that I that my eyes are glued to, bro. Yeah, you know what? I, I have to be honest with you. Um, no matter what you do, I don't give a shit. Look, I don't really watch traditional news anymore. I don't watch news, period. So my news comes from Twitter, my favorite social media app. You know, it comes from things here and there. No matter what you do today, regardless, or in the last 10 days, however long this has been going on, there is no way to avoid it, you know, at a certain point. Um, very strange, right? Just randomly. Uh, I've been to Russia before, but more importantly, I've been to Ukraine. I almost feel like Ukraine is to the USA as, you know, Moscow is in a certain way. I just feel like it's like a different state. You know, it's like, if you think about the difference between Ukraine and, and Moscow and the distance between New York and LA, it's it's right there. It's super close. Whereas, whereas New York and LA are super far. But what, what Ukraine, I'm, getting, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Ukraine is is Russia's little sister. Yeah. It's it's a little Russia, essentially. It's the same people for the most part. That they speak Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the fucking slang is different. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all the same. It's like, dude, I dated a chick from Odessa. You know, there, there's super hot women in Ukraine. But it's like, at the same time, people don't understand. Because look, in 2021, 2022 even, people still don't fucking know. And you know, whatever it is, what it is. They don't know the difference between Chinese, Japanese, Korean. And I even made a video about it. And you know, there's people like, oh, shit, I didn't know it was offensive. Like, hell yeah, it's offensive. They fuck call me Chinese, bro. It's literally so different. Yes, we're Asian, but I'm saying like, it's such a different thing. And then more recently in the last decade or two, they've included you know, Indian people from India as Asians. So, you know, when, when you see it, it's, it'd be a different thing when the yeah, Chinese Indian language... people from, from India, which is really a subcontinent, as calling them Asians is just more politically correct bullshit in the end. You no, know? I get it. But what I'm saying is, imagine like someone from fucking Singapore, someone from the Philippines, someone, I'm talking about totally different cultures, totally different things. Yes, but you're talking about Ukraine and Russia and imagine like... Motherfuckers talk the same, look the same, you know, it's just weird. Unless, you know, you're from like Kazakhstan or something, you know, and like, you know, which they look Asian, you know, they're mixed with Asian, they're Mongolian and shit, right? But they still speak uh, Russian, you know, it's just a, it's a weird thing. And so anyways, all I'm getting at is I have probably the most famous person in Russia on my podcast. I have my boy Timothy on here, right? He endorsed Putin. Now, 
I don't fuck with Putin personally, right? I don't like, I'm like, oh shit, boom. And there was, there were some things I thought about when I went to Russia. I was like, damn dog, that's like probably the dude I'm not really trying to fuck it. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't want to go meet Vlad, bro. But you know, some people don't get it. Like, yeah, but it's, it's more than, listen, it's more than Timothy and uh, what he feels about uh, Vlad before he invaded uh, Ukraine because he was never in the wrong and never all in on a crazy gamble like he is now. This is a different story. And what's, and you're starting to finally get to know a person, uh, you know, on the world stage after 22 years of power. Now that he's flipping his cards over, he can't let go of power and he's getting old. And he saw Gaddafi being beaten in the streets and other dictators being overturned. And he knew he had to make some moves. And he went in on an empty dream of, of rebuilding the Soviet Union, which I was born in, by the way. Oh, shit, you know, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, well, I was born in the Soviet Union. I watched it collapse. The Russian army came in into Azerbaijan to retrieve its nuclear arsenal and everything else while the Soviet Union was collapsing. And a new government was being constituted. And war broke out, and it was a serious, serious time, and luckily we got refugee status to come to the United States. But I know the mentality of the people, and I know what's uh, at stake here and what's at play. And what's at play has nothing to do with Ukrainians, got nothing to do with Russians. It's got to do with one man and his grasp on power and how he's going to try to hold on to that after entertaining a delusion. You know what I'm saying? And if I could describe what that delusion is, I would. <laughs> so let me ask you a question what is the general consensus look man bro the jewelry business on 47th let alone in anywhere in new york city is probably i would say fucking 90 percent fucking russian right so it's like right. have you spoke to any russian people like i've completely kept off it right i haven't want to hear too many opinions i've read some opinions but have you spoke to like let's say even greg anybody russian and what their thoughts are. What, what are the general thoughts of Russian people in general? Are, are they back in Putin or are they back in Ukraine? Hell no. I mean, people are frightened, bro. There's no reason that, uh, you know, these two nations on a whim, one should be invading the other. It's just for the glory of one man. All this is happening is for the glory of Putin. Anybody who doesn't understand that, uh, you know, is it, it doesn't understand what's really going on. You just got one guy threatening and menacing the world. And the real question, that's the only question that matters, is when he's losing his grip on power, is he going to fire off that nuke or not? Because he's not going to hold on to power with these sanctions and what's happening to the Russian economy and what's happening with their, with their sons and daughters on a battlefield against a friendly neighbor that was historically, you know, almost the same uh, people and the same, uh, you know, always partners, all Slavic people on, on a historic sense. Let me ask you though. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think today is more dangerous? Vlad or Kim Jong un? Vlad, because Vlad is is at war in a serious situation. Kim Jong un is firing missiles into the into the ocean. He's firing a missile over Japan. Ow, oh, so scary. This guy is just sending a column 40 miles long to destroy and capture a city at all costs. His generals want to assassinate him. His people are in shock. Europe is arming uh, Ukraine. They're backing Ukraine because they know that if he takes this country, that it's still going to be a nightmare. You cannot let an aggressive force 
on Europe take a single state because everyone is going to arm themselves and everyone is going to go to war. It's happened before. As soon as one nation starts to make a power grab by violent means, the other nations have to take sides. And right now, nations are taking sides. Iran is going to take a side with Russia because that's their strategic partner. And if something goes out over there, they're not for the West. They might move in the Middle East. If yeah. they mobilize, someone else is going to mobilize. China's looking back and trying to figure out its move. If anything, if a war breaks out on any scale beyond out of Ukraine, they're going to take Taiwan. And they're going to, and then, oh, 100%, come on, bro. Look, that, that's, yeah. that's the first thing I thought of. When I thought of the whole Russian shit trying to punk Ukraine, I said, you know what, bro? A lot of people are watching the, the, the results of this shit because China's going to immediately go for Taiwan. And then obviously go to Hong Kong or whatever and all that shit, which is fucking nuts, right? And let me say one more thing. I mean, you told me, you know, let's do a candid conversation. In my opinion, you've been Americanized too much, bro. You know, there's global shit going on <laughs> on a global scale, bro. You're right. And you're thinking about, you know, what's the, the, the flyest fit or, you know. The, no, the, definitely the not. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. You, you probably didn't hear uh, two episodes ago. I had stated my opinion on the thing. I said, look, man, there are so many, and, and I, look, I'm not an immigrant. My family was, I know you came over here. So, you know, your mindset's a little different. Look, every single year we hear about America being like, oh man, this place ain't what it used to be. This place ain't what it used to be. This place ain't what it used to be. The thing is this though, regardless, you know, for the most part, the general, even let's even if it's a 55 to 45%, you know, poll, Mm -hmm. People generally are like, look, man, there ain't many places you could just come to and start fucking some shit or, you know, have access to success at least or whatever. You know, you yeah, can't. of course. But, right now. But, but I'll say this. We do have a lot of problems here. The problem is we have too many problems, right? We, but we have a lot of problems here. If everyone took care of their immediate responsibility, it'd be a different story. You know, you want to go and figure out what's going on in Haiti. You want to figure out what's going on in Israel. You want to figure out what's going on, you know, wherever there's an issue in the world. And let's just say, for instance, even if it's not a whole lot of money, the America's uh, prepared to, you know, spend a billion, maybe even two billion. There could be a lot of shit that could be solved here while we strengthen our borders and everything else. And that sounds fucked up and selfish, but you know what? Sometimes, bro, I'm sorry, Trax. Look, dog, you're going to try to take care of everything you can here before you're going to try to help out Pristine or try to help out fucking, you know, Greg <laughs> or something. Course. I'm just being honest with you, bro. I'm just being real. So yes. Americanized or not, look, and I respect it. I get it. If there's something going on in South Korea, look, man, yes, that's my heritage. Yes, there's some things. And I'm proud, you know, to represent because there's nothing I could do about it. No matter what I do, I'm going to be always be Korean or looked at, you know, in a certain way as an Asian person. So at the end of the day, you know, the sentiment is there. But in reality, I can't sit there and be like, look, man, I'm about to go put on a suit and go fight. Motherfucker, are you crazy, dog? I have shit going on here. You know, I've built a home here. I've done, but... And I understand why people go do it. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying we have a lot of responsibility here. We have a lot of problems here that need to be addressed. Motherfuckers want to go save somebody that don't know how to swim that good, don't realize they're carrying double the weight now, and like now both the motherfuckers drowned. Do you understand? No, 100%. I mean, I'm not saying America should commit to some intervention. I mean, if I was in control of the forces, I would knock everything over Ukraine out of the sky, personally. Why, <laughs> why, spend, why spend all this money on these F-22s if they're not going to shoot down some MiGs? 
you know, for me, because this guy only understands strength and he's making a major gamble. So in all reality, he's going to destroy, uh, you know, Kiev. He's going to destroy Ukraine over the course of the next week, destroy the whole country. And uh, Western Europe is going to watch. And if something hits, if some, some issue arises or something goes down, that war is going to spill out globally. And then we're going to have to join in. And it'll be too little, too late. It's either pay now or pay later. Pay double the price later or, or pay now. But, you know, that's that's really my opinion because I'm seeing something that's that I've never seen in my lifetime. And I understand the mentality of this guy, Putin. Yeah, tough guy, this, that, whatever. Who is he really? He's a murderer. He's a KGB agent who's ready to use leverage, just like the people in the Diamond District that I did business with my whole life. If they have leverage over you, if they're your, if they're your supplier, they're going to use that leverage. If they're doing any type of business with you and you're reliant on them for any reason, they're going to sit here and harass you and torture you. That's who this fucking guy is. Yeah. And he's he's on the global stage. He thought he was going to take this country, one, two, three. Now he's getting bogged down and he's not letting go and he's not backing down. And he's, I mean, bro, and you act like fucking Ukraine is like some... The motherfuckers is not scared, bro. Do you know what I mean? They're fucking gangsters, yeah. fuck. Yeah, so. no, it's amazing. I'm on TikTok. I'm watching like every single move of what they're doing. And it's uh, the Russia is a disorganized army. This guy, listen, they got an army. They got this artillery, but they got no organization because everyone is out for themselves. They're all just trying to uh, grab as much money as possible and live like oligarchs. They all want to shop at Louis and live like the 0.01% in Moscow, uh, you know, and that's just a society on a global scale, really, today. And it was really prominent in, in, in Russia because of the corruption, man. And that corruption is here as well, you know. No, I know. When you lived there, who, who was who was in charge there? Was it Gorbachev? Who was who was in charge when you were living there? Yeah, well, you know, as it was, it was collapsing, um, uh, it was Gorbachev right under, I guess, after Brezhnev. I was born, he, he was in the 70s, I was born in 86. I don't really know who was in charge at that point of time, but he was losing it anyway. And then the whole system was collapsing. And then I guess Gorbachev and Yeltsin came in, uh, whatever the fuck. And, uh, you know, we were out of there. Damn, bro. Yeah, you know what? He was, uh, yeah, Gorbachev was, Mikhail Gorbachev was uh, was running the Soviet Union in 85, 84. Goddamn, bro. And what happened was, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's the problem with the Russian people, that I under, as I understand it. Communism diluted their minds, right? For they went from peasantry, from serfdom, you know, under the czars, to where they they were, you know, essentially property that could be traded for a horse or something like that. To communism, so they have they don't have a heritage in business that or private industry like the Chinese, the Koreans, or even you know Middle Eastern people or what have you, or even Western people. They never had that. It was a landlocked country. So those people don't know how to develop proper businesses. They have the, the capacity, but they don't have the heritage. And they never made they were never able to, to, to mobilize an economy across that country. And all they were able to do was pump oil and steel. And that's what this guy Vlad did. He's the richest man Bro, on earth. People don't understand this. What did you just say right there? What was the last thing you just said? Putin's the richest man on earth. Okay, so I speak about a guy. There's like four billionaires that I know, right? Three of them I'm actually close friends with. One that I know, you know, very seldomly talk, but I've had, you know, in-person conversations with. He's probably worth, you know, upwards of $100 billion, okay? Right. He was, you know, 
Larry Ellison's banker. He was he fucking funded Apple, bro. Could you imagine this guy was Steve Jobs' banker? You know, like this is a dude who's been billions and billions and billions of dollars wearing a fucking his entire outfit maybe cost eighty six dollars, and I'm hmm. sitting here thinking like Jesus Christ. He brought up this conversation to me. Now, just because you're a billionaire, don't mean you're the smartest person in the entire world. But when you're financing, probably eighty percent of the wealthiest people in the in the world. You know you some shit. Going on. Yeah, so you gotta have something. He tells me he goes. You ha- you can't look at you know Mark Zuckerberg. You can't look at Elon Musk. You can't look at those numbers. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, those guys. Out. He said he said those guys can't just go and try to buy the North Pole. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? And he goes, Vladimir Putin tried to buy the North Pole. Like you're trying to buy your Lamborghini. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? And he goes, do you not get that? You know, I have a friend, I won't say her name, um, her dad's wealthy, billionaire in Russia. Um, I don't know him like that or nothing. And now she is, you know, married to one of the wealthiest Russians in the world. And she's had three kids with them, right? And this is someone that like, you know, it's just such a different thing. You know, how life can just be so fucking different for somebody, right? Even to the simple thing of, you did a movie with fucking you know, Julia Fox. I don't know if you've even seen her. Oh, no, you did. You're, you're doing scenes with her. And think, I met her the same time. And then this girl, like, you know, she's running in the background, whatever. She's modeling. She's trying to do whatever she could. And then she's running with Ye on a global scale. She's everywhere. You know, I mean, even during, like, important shit that's going on, you're going to see them in the tabloids, top nudes. So, you know, I see this life, and I'm putting together, like, oh, shit, this girl's dad was fucking stealing oil. And, you know, that's what most of it came from, whatever. And um, this guy, a billion that I know, is telling me, he's like, do you understand how, you know, what a quarter billion is, right? I was like, well, I mean, of course, I can, you know, and, and he's breaking it down. You know, if you think about when the Egyptians were around building the pyramids, okay? And he says, now imagine if they, you had $10,000 a day. Someone gave you $10,000 a day, every single day, 10,000 every single day for those hundreds of years when the Egyptians were around until today, you, you wouldn't would, you, have a quarter of you, it. You wouldn't even have what Zuckerberg's worth. Okay. And he's like, now imagine this is a dude, like I said, who, who's financed all the, you know, the biggest billionaires in the, in the country, at least, you know, in the top in the world. And he's telling me, he's like, do you understand if you got the Walmart family, you got Zuck, you got fucking uh, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Everyone combined, they still don't have the money that Putin has. I was like, are you fucking joking me right now? And, you know, he told me this like four or five years ago, four years ago. He's like, yeah. bro, he didn't say bro, but he was like, you know. Yeah, oh, d- listen, d- I'm not impressed by that. I didn't say you're, you're not impressed. Money. I'm just trying to t- let the listeners understand yeah. what how level of money okay. and how fucking cycle. Like, now, imagine if Kim Jong-un even had, you know, 200, who knows, you know, he owns a country. I'm just saying, could you, like, you know, it doesn't matter because, you know, you could just do whatever the fuck you want and bring Mercedes Benz and everything else. It's just what's wild is, it's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, I I know somebody who knows this person. Oh, you know, I'm sure maybe if you got the, like, I know it sounds silly, but you know, you have the fake Facebook friends and you have a connection, right? You have, oh, this person is mutual friend with this person, this person, this person. But in actuality, how many people are you connected to that know you know, um, Barack Obama, right? Or Ronald Reagan or something like that. When you get closer to like Trump, you start realizing Trump was out in the streets. 
right? He's hanging out, partying, whatever. He's not like, it wasn't hard to, to get. There are a lot of people who know Trump. Same thing with Putin. Putin, for being a dictator and running a country like that, you would think it's harder to get next to Putin. But this motherfucker likes luxury cars. He's he's an avid watch collector, bro. He's one of the biggest Patek Philippe collectors. That's random and weird. Don't you think for a fucking dictator to like, just weird. Weird uh, shit. Reject Kim Jong-un or, or Putin? Both, actually. How about that? Both of them, yeah, obviously. You know? Yeah, everybody who's got money to burn collects these fucking watches and, and does whatever. The guy's got a lot of money. That's great. But he's also got a big problem. Is he going to die a natural death? Or is he going to get shot in the fucking face in the middle of the night by one of his generals? He's going to get killed or, by somebody, bro. Think about Gorbachev. Yeah. When he ran again in the 90s, bro, he didn't even get yeah. 1% of the fucking vote of Russia. Yeah, all those all those Patek Philippe's are fucking ticking down his fucking life, bro. So, all right, With so every chronograph and every let, ticker. Let, let, let's talk about the real shit, right? And you'd be like, "Oh, well, I'm talking about the real shit." I didn't say it. I'm saying how it affects people listening here who are in Botswana, who are in Miami, Florida, who are in Seattle, Washington, who are in New York right. City. Okay, right. what do you think? You know, I mean, okay. First of all, I know you're not Mister Fucking political analyst for the Behind the Baller podcast, but at the best case scenario, when do you think this completely stops? I know you don't know. I'm just saying what you were to guess. Well, listen, you, the answer is you have to analyze Putin's behavior. You know, Putin always used to tell a story of when he was living in this Russian, uh, you know, Russian uh, apartment, which, you know, I, when I was born I was and I was living, I was living in a Soviet-built apartment block. It's an elevator the size of a coffin. People used to piss on the floor. And when I was a kid, I used to take the stairs because the, the floor of the elevator would just be drenched in piss because people decided, hey, this is a bathroom. And used to just piss there. It was a concrete cave, you know? And what happened during, before I was born is that several families, they, you know, communism, they don't know what the hell they're doing. They didn't build enough apartment blocks. And uh, families would have to be crammed inside a fucking two, three families, a family per room. You got two bedrooms, you got two families living in one apartment. S state decides where you live and how you live. You live on this street, in this apartment with this family. You know, you don't even know who they are. Imagine that shit. Uh, you people are complaining in this fucking country. So that's what was going on. And Putin always tells a story about some rat that was, he was chasing around. And then when it was cornered, it was running around, running around, running around. When it was cornered, it leaped out to bite him or something along those lines. And he always remembered that, that when you're cornered, it's that uh, that last bite that you could take. And now that story is haunting the world, bro, because he's a cornered rat himself now. And, and he's deciding whether he's going to bite or not. Does he have faith that there's judgment upon him? Or he's 70 years old. He's not going to go and, and get dragged into the streets. So the, the Russian people are rising up as we speak. It, you know, in 49 cities, they're taken to the streets little by little. And when those sanctions hit, those vicious, brutal sanctions, those real, like, warlike sanctions, you know, Europe doesn't want an aggressor on their border, bro, taking over countries. They sanction the shit out of them. That ruble is going to be destroyed. The economy, and it cannot handle after COVID what's about to happen. And he's going to be a cornered rat. And everybody around the world is going to feel the, re the, the repercussions of, of the sanctions anyway. They haven't yet. They don't know what's going on because they print the money. But now people are starting to feel the inflation. They're really going crazy. 
people who have nothing, who are on a limited pension or whatever, that inflation is killing them. Oh, me and you, if we go to the grocery store and we pay 30% more, whether we own or if, we, if you own your own house and already bought all your luxury cars, oh shit, you're going to pay 30% more for a steak at a steakhouse. Boo fucking who? But for a fucking person who does that once a year and now can, can only do it once every two years or not at all, that 30% is already 25% underwater. So people are not going to be able to handle that. Plus on top of the Russian sanctions, plus this motherfucker is a cornered rat. You know, he's going to be bombing this. They're going to retaliate some way, somehow. Finland is giving jets to Ukraine because they're also on the border of Russia. And for them, they're not going to be waiting for him to knock out Ukraine and sit there and become aggressive again. That's serious stuff. And if people don't pay attention to that, they're going to, you know, I hope that they're right and I'm wrong. Because, you know, like, I don't want to fucking sit here and deal with this shit. I want to have a jewelry business and chase the American dream. But... And that's so simple, bro. I mean, I'm looking at this right now, right? Looking at the bordering states, right? You look at Poland, you got fucking Romania, you got Turkey, Bulgaria, Hungary, fucking, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know, you know, this is this is such a crazy thing. I mean, China is right there, obviously, bordering China. I would think that fucking President Xi is right aligned with fuckface, you know? Yeah, he's using him, of course, you know? Yeah. The fucking President Xi don't give a fuck about Vladimir Putin. He's using him to be his fucking guinea pig to see what the world will react and how they will react when this bum takes Ukraine so he can have more experience and more leverage. That guy is actual smart dude. He's not a gas station attendant. No, no, no. Bro, come on, that dude a leader. Is, yeah, dude is a... I mean, President Xi's definitely yeah. a smart guy. Is he crazy and fuck? Yeah, for sure. Um... This is the deal, though. I care, but I don't really. You know, gas is $6.11 across the street from my store, right? And it'll probably go up because this shit's going to last to whoever knows how long. Yeah. I'm just wondering when America does get involved. And if we really get involved for real, I think people forget, like really forget. Joe Biden's soft, bro. You know, he ain't going to go in there and be a, on some aggressive shit. You know, like, look, we'll fuck around and blow up fucking Russia a hundred thousand times, a billion times. You know, like it's... Not even, they're not even doing that old school fucking, that's nuclear shit, bro. That's, that's literally fucking old technology. That's like talking about, yo, you're going to send somebody a fucking CD, you know, <laughs> there's so much new shit. You know what I'm saying? Like the chemical warfare shit, even like they could even yeah. say COVID is, is something that's, you know, like that's been going on. Yeah. Who knows? That's how well, war. Nothing, listen, nothing will, will outdo a nuclear fucking blast. <clears throat> It'll knock out a city. You know no, I know. Of course. I mean, I'm just saying if it goes down to, I mean, we have more nukes than anybody, but. The Russia's got the most nukes. They got more than we do? They've loaded up on nukes, Soviet era style. They went crazy on fucking nukes. And they got they got more than anybody else in the world. America doesn't even come close to... I think America has like 25% of the nuclear, but they don't need that many. It's just, yeah. you know, one nuke will knock out a city. How much cities are there in Russia? You got like, America's got like 200. Russia's got 1,000 nuclear warheads. So you're going to knock out, you know, there's, there isn't even 200 cities in Russia to knock out. Like, what are you going to do? Shoot the fucking forest with nukes? So let me ask you a question, man. So what else is affected besides the people who aren't living? The 90 percentile of America. Yeah. I'm saying, how do... 90% of America better pull its head out of its fucking ass because <laughs> they got fucking... They're prostituting this country's currency. We're at the end of that cycle. 
they sat here and they robbed it ever since they went off the gold reserve. They've been robbing and pillaging the fucking federal reserve, printing capital, pretending it's some fucking of the people, by the people institution when it's really another piece of shit. And they're sitting there prostituting this currency. They're, the quality of lives are going to decrease significantly. That's going to create more aggression around the world. Luckily, we're on the other side of the planet. And that's great for us. That's fantastic. But then the world is going to be captured by by China in that case. And they're going to take the other side of the planet, which is considerably fucking bigger. Yeah. And then, you know, your children's children. And if I have children, my children's children will face the consequences of our actions when we wanted to fucking think about what's good for us on a lazy fucking weekend or whatever the fuck we're doing. No, it's, 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 it, that's, a, that's a really, really solid way to say things you know you think about it and some people say hey man who gives a fuck right and that's where the society is at now you see these kids now they don't give a fuck they don't want to save no money they want to fucking wear their fucking christian dior they want to go to their fucking you know what i'm saying uh prime 112 steakhouse and fucking mastros and whatever i'm just saying that nobody is thinking anymore so there were people who were thinking 20 years 30 years and then they got shorted there's like oh there's a 10-year plan there's a five-year plan Motherfuckers have a five-month plan, you know, to like, oh, EDD money r r dried up. Let's go rob some people. Let's go do something. And I, I don't know where it ends, dog. Do you know? I, I, yeah, I'll thank tell God. you where it ends. Where does it I'll end? I'll tell you where it ends. You fucking pack your bags and you go to some place where it's not completely fucked up like I did when the Soviet Union collapsed, like my parents did. My father was a homicide detective. My mother was a journalist. They built a fucking life. They went to school. They graduated. They conquered whatever the fuck they had to conquer. And they still had to pack their fucking bags and learn fucking English. And I had to still go to ESL and fucking, you know, uh, be an immigrant in America. But look, and do bro. English as a second language. So that's what the fuck is going to happen. No, no, and listen. We're, we're, yeah. Look, bro. People have said this more than I've ever heard in my life. This is the first time I've ever considered leaving Los Angeles, right? And people are like, oh, LA shit, blah, blah. And, and, and I get it. Same time, I wish everyone fucking left, so I'm just back to my locals who really are here. Right. Not just the exactly. fucking 10% of every single state that wants to come to LA to live in, you know, LA and fucking whatever the fuck. They're just fake people. But I had a buddy of mine who's my age too. He's almost 50. And he's like, you know what, dog? I was like, fuck this. I'm about to own some property outside somewhere in the Caribbean, and boom, he bought a house in Bahamas, you know, he also has a place in the Philippines, and he was just like, yo, man, it's so low, the level of how cheap it is, it's cheaper than renting an apartment in fucking San Francisco or LA, what I own in these two places, you know, there ain't like crazy places, but he has land, more land than I do in my house, you know, and it's like, it, it was just real, and, you know, I just got back from Mexico, right, I was on an island, I was in Tulum, it was like nothing there 10 years ago, now it's, you know, crazy resort, the number one destination, whatever. And I thought about it. I'm like, wow, I can't fucking believe that this property of land right here is $10,000. So if you got six of these things, now you have a decent spread of land for 60K, which ain't shit. Now, okay, great. You buy a house, you build stuff, whatever. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is it is definitely, you know, Time to start thinking about that. And I know it sounds Times fucking are changing, crazy. changing, bro. The dynamic is changing. Everything is changing. You know what I'm saying? That gold. COVID shit. Price of gold the just fuck, the, the price of gold just fucking shot up. And I think it's gonna I think it's gonna keep going up. 
Listen, we don't know what it's going to do because none of the prices are real. They pump too much cash in. They're controlling the price of gold because they don't want to run on gold while everything else goes down. So they're pumping in fake paper fucking gold. Yeah, you want to buy 10 kilos on your computer? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Here's a piece of paper. You got 10 kilos somewhere, somehow. Go sell it to, go sell that paper to someone else. That's all paper gold. Yeah. We have no idea. If they're doing the, the type of lies and the type of shit that they're doing around the world just with the COVID that we saw with our own eyes, if you sit here and you believe that the price of gold is $1,890 after $7 trillion printed, I got news for you, man. The real price of gold is $4,000 an ounce. You could double any spot price. So if you buy physical, one day the paper price is going to catch up. Even Charlie Munger, which is Warren Buffett, he's almost 100 years old, said that, you know, the U.S. currency over the next 100 years, could be over the next 10 years, is going to go to zero. Then we'll see who's going to cash their fucking $1,900 uh, uh, an ounce gold price in for a fucking ounce of gold, bro. People are buying shit. They believe in the system, bro. I don't believe in the system. I get it. So the, what do you believe in then, bro? What do I believe in? Well, I believe in the, the history of the United States and how it came up. It had a nice global gold reserve currency, and people adopted it and put their faith in it. That's why they put you put your faith in the money. That's why they put subconsciously in the money in God we trust to redirect that faith, to remind you that you, you're supposed to put your faith somewhere else. No one cares about any of that right now. They put their faith in the money. He's a billionaire. He's a trillionaire. Watch prices go up. Prices are moving. The, the inflation is coming in and the currency is going to get destroyed. So what is there to believe in? I don't know. You, some people are using cryptos. That's great. It's a great way to move wealth around or whatever the hell is going on. I like to be able to, because particularly because I'm in the jewelry business, I would feel comfortable and some even my family members feel comfortable after, a, you know, hundreds of years of, of heritage and experience to have their money in land and in gold, in silver, in businesses and watches and shit like that. That's where the wealth really relies right now. Right. And if you're buying an apartment block, that's fantastic. But if the people can't pay rent there, then you have a liability. And I said that, I said that before the pandemic even actually got action. And a buddy of mine was like, no, dog, I'm good. My, my renters are still paying. And I'm like, yeah. all right, dog, let's see how long that lasts, homie. And eventually it did catch up. And he was fucking bummed down. I look, look, dog, at least you still have some shit. I'm just saying my house and my condo have been my safest things. Of course, my crypto has been fucking out of control. It's gone up, you know, 17,000%. But all I'm saying is, I bought my luxury cars. I, I own my house and everything else. So I'm straight. I'm just asking you what you think because, you know, there was a point when Amelda Marcos just wanted to make peace with the Philippines because her husband ran a fucking muck and they ran a muck for so many goddamn years, right? And no one knew what she was worth and whatever, boom. She went on the record, stated publicly that she was going to donate I for, bro, I swear to God, Max, something this absolutely mind-boggling, asinine shit. She said something like she had a trillion kilos, something absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, do you realize that would literally bring gold to fucking $5 an ounce? Do you know what I'm saying? Like if she cashed that yeah. in, you know what I'm saying? Like it was so absolutely crazy. When Saddam Hussein got caught, right? if you remember when he got caught, he had what three hundred thousand dollars in U.S. currency around his in his in his on his person, right? 
right. they started when they started uh we were raiding all his places his side chick's house all those places bro my uncle who got me into the jewelry business he goes look at this picture real quick this is like 2002 remember, remember the pictures back then mm -hmm. if you had a 1600 by 1200 pixel picture you were like the man right that was like the biggest you know like picture you could possibly imagine back then right but like, you know, think of 800 by 600 back then was a big deal. Look at resolution now on computers. You can have a 56,000, you know, megapixel picture and be like, okay, that's big. But like right. back then, you're looking at an 800 by 600 pixel picture of Saddam Hussein's stash house. And you're looking, let's just say the roof wasn't very high. Let's say it was nine feet tall. Okay. Right. You're looking every, at- a, every, not, every, every pixel was a gold bar or a what? A gold bar. Every single thing. And I'm thinking about mm -hmm. it. I'm thinking, look- you understand these other people don't. When I gave Kevin Durant two kilos, you know, two, mm -hmm. two he put in his pocket, he's wearing some fucking, like, some basketball shorts. Them motherfucker shorts almost cop, but broke the a hole. Off, bro. Yeah, they thinking? almost fell off. It doesn't even matter. And what I'm getting at is, those are kilos. Imagine the gigantic bricks. Do you know what I'm saying? And okay. my, my uncle was like, and remember, this was, he, he, bro, gold was fucking. You gotta remember that. Okay, here, here. Gold was, listen, gold was $400 an ounce back then. Okay? Okay. Look. He's like, do you have any idea how much money that is? And I was like, no, nah, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. I wasn't a jeweler then. And he's like, there's billions upon billions in one stash house. So, like, you think about it. Where'd that gold go? The Americans fucking seized it, right? So, the, where the fuck? Who so, knows what happened to yeah. it? Yeah, they stole it. It got stolen. That's what the fuck yes. happens to gold. Here's the deal. The underlying gold, all of the gold in the world, at the end of the day has to pay for everything in the world and value everything in the world. If you have a $60 billion skyscraper and a $2 billion yacht, you got to pay for it. If, if something happens to the currency, the global reserve currency, you got to have the gold to back up the value of that. Think of how many skyscrapers, pieces of land has to be transacted on something that should have been based on gold or was based on gold for hundreds, thousands of years. So if you really look at everything you walk down, go up and down Manhattan, go through L.A. and go travel around the world and everything you fucking see, you have to account for. Right now, you account for and you believe in dollars. But if that belief goes away, you're going to have to account for every airport, every airplane, every fucking shoe that's ever been worn or is even going to be worn at, at this point in gold. And that's a lot of things to pay for with gold. And I don't think gold at $1,900 an ounce is going to be able to buy the fucking world. There's not enough of it. The price is going to have to go way up. How do you feel about this watch and car bubble that's going on right now? And I call it bubble because it is what it is. Right. When do you think the watch market finally pops and people wake the fuck up? Never. Here's what it is, bro. Rich people... So, you, so listen, listen real quick. Hold on. Yeah. So you think... That a fifty nine eighty Patek rose gold will is be really fifty. It is three fifty right now, pretty much. Yeah, it will stay that way. Yeah. You think it's just going to stay at three fifty? Honestly. Yeah, I mean, you think a submariner? You, you think an eight thousand dollars submariner is going to really stay at thirteen, fourteen k? Yep. Well, here's why. It's not that I think that. Here's why. There's enough dollars to back it, back it up. The people with all of that super rich money. To them, that money doesn't mean what it means to somebody climbing the ladder. They see a $100 bill, they see a fucking fun night. These guys see a $100 bill and they see a piece of toilet paper, bro. They want the shit that money buys. But they what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to tell you, though, is that there's a lot yeah. of people that are supporting this bubble that aren't wealthy. They just want to have 
a Rolex. Do you know what I'm trying to say? To you? They want to right. drive a Lamborghini and keep right. up with that lifestyle as much as they can until they can't afford to keep it anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, look, there is no, and they say there's a chip shortage or whatever. Boom. Let me tell you something real quick. They've never had this many exotic cars in the entire world. I refuse to believe if less than 1% of America makes, which is obvious, makes less than a million dollars. Right. You should have a million dollars before you buy a $300,000 right. car. Sure. This is being realistic, okay? Yeah. Do you know how many motherfucking exotic cars? Back in the day, there'd be 500 to 1,000, and that would be considered yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. There's 50,000 fucking exotic fucking Ferraris, Lamborghinis that are being built now on a mo- per model basis now. So let's right. say there's a- and Why do you, you think know, that is? I mean, bro, there has to be some crazy shit going on. Yeah. You know, because the math is not adding up. Yeah, there's not enough businesses, not enough uh, economy to support the amount of people, rich people that there are anymore. It's like a tribe of uh, 20 Indians and 15 of them want to be chiefs. But yeah, yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. But at the same time, I have a friend who's been on this show two times, I think. She's very popular. One of the most popular non-celebrities. In fact, she's up there. Top three most popular non-celebrities is a girl named Arya. And she runs a logistics company. And one of the logistics that she does is towing cars. California and Florida, obviously leading the pack at the most repossessed states in the world. When it comes to Rolls Royces and Lamborghinis and shit, they're repossessing the cars all fucking day long. There's auctions here and there. I'm just saying, because of IG, I even saw it hit you Mexico. something, bro. Bro, I even saw it hit Mexico. I went to a beautiful island $3,500 a night suite was, you know, that's not like the crepe I'm saying for like Mexico, that's a big fucking deal, right? You could live like a king for 400 a night in some places. And I'm going there and the lady even said, these people are taking pictures over here. So I'm like, okay, what's that? Oh, it's a cenote. Okay, great. You know, you go to this place and it looks like a Mayan, you know, like an island tunnel, you know, underground fucking crazy place where like a hidden treasure's at. And you go there and you're like, yo, this looks like worse than someone's backyard. But then in the one area, the water is really nice. It's about the size of someone's very big pool. And there is, you know, some natural rock and stuff. But what I'm getting at is they've turned it into like a amusement park where you can get that one little, you know, that small little bit of real estate to get pictures. Do you know? It's cap. It's even getting to these, you know, second world countries. I don't want to call them Mexico or third world. So what I'm getting at is I think... There's definitely a bubble, but I think the rich people, they enjoy it, of course, just like, you know, even on this Bitcoin shit. I refuse to believe that these billionaires that are holding Bitcoin, especially a lot of it, they're not about to let that shit fail. If it goes down to a certain point, they're going to fucking buy that shit up, bro, and they've been doing it. Even with these little weird crashes that have been happening, you know, it went down a little bit. People are like, oh, shit, the chart's back. It's going, it's hitting the 30s again. That shit's back. You can't beat the math, man. You can't beat the math. You could buy it. You could prop up the price. You could print more. You know, but if you look at the math, if you look at the Federal Reserve, what it's done, the assets that it owns, the interest that it owns, it's like a business. Dude, I could I ran my business for years with losses. You know, and I'm and I'll yeah. have to admit that for the point of of making this point. And I was able to transfer the losses, you know, on post-dated checks or whatever the hell I had to do or take a loan. And, you know, outward appearances kept going. I was able to deliver my goods, deliver my jewelry, but the gold price was going up. My margins were low, so on and so forth. People were stealing. But I kept it going and I had to fight it out and survive and get back into the green. 
I was able to do it because I had my back to the wall and I had no other fucking way to make <laughs> make a dollar. I respect but, you so much for saying that on the record, bro, for real. Yeah, for sure. But I was able to to pull back out of that, but it took a lot. And for and right now this country's like insane as that business. Every year it's losing capital, it's losing money. We've and it's been, hiding though. it. United States yeah. has been losing. Well, it's a big country. It takes a long time to fucking see it. If my business could fucking do it for a couple of years and I could fight it back and no one will know a fucking thing and I pay off all my debts and so on and so forth. You, you, you ready for States, this? United yeah. States could pay its debt back if people, like you said, got their heads out of their asses. Right, but they're not. They're not. They're but gonna they're steal not. And, yeah. and drive it down to zero, bro. When does that happen, though? That don't happen in ten years, dog. No fucking way. When does that happen? Well, that's a question I can't answer <laughs> because I don't know the answer to that. It's a real, but but the answer is in the math. If I was a math genius, I'd probably be able to answer it because you'd I, be I, able look to. Look, I'm gonna have a fucking the number one MIT mathematician fucking come on here and fucking tell me, but right. um. As far as right now, currently today, how is the joy business on 47th in New York City? I don't know because I've isolated myself from the market conditions. I have some good clients. I have some serious things. Otherwise, everybody ate off the pandemic. You know, whoever was in it, it, who is that, whoever's in the business has been in it one generation, two generations. They have their inventory. They have a small fucking booth or small. How do they do business? Low rent. They count the money themselves. They handle the business themselves. Their employees, their cousin and their and some secretary that they're diddling. And they're sitting there and they're trying to fucking eat. And, and they ate well off of the pandemic. They got a PPP loan. They put it into watches. They flipped it. They did whatever they had to do. And uh, they're in an assets business in an inflationary environment. So they're doing well enough. Anybody who's trying to get in, anybody who's waking up today and is 16 years old is looking at a fucking hill to climb to ever fucking eat in this country. Man, you're telling me. And what was the first thing you said when I asked you how's business on 47th? What did, I, what did you say? I said I isolated myself from the nature of that business. I just fucking have okay. an office okay. a store okay. there. So Max, who isolated themselves from that business years ago? Ben Baller. <laughs> hey, I'm not lying. I'm telling you, I've said this before. You know, I, I, I said, look, I'm self-obsessed. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm obsessing what's going on with me and I ain't got time to fucking pay attention to these motherfuckers. And you know, good for all of them. Let me tell your listeners in on a secret. People join in the jewelry business that want to do business, want to work with valuable materials, want to work with marketing. They, they make their money and then they move on to real estate or they move on to somewhere else. They, they, or they build a brand or something like that and they move on. You know what I'm saying? It's a pit stop on the way to wealth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's really all, all that business is for a, for a serious person. Anybody who's conducting that business is still making pieces and sitting in their booth every fucking day has a different business strategy and they're not a real business person. Yeah. No, real shit. And you know what the funny thing is? Even when I see other people who got out of the business, you know, they, they it was, you know, not a stepping stool, but it was like, you know, a big part of how they got to their wealth. They're still holding yeah. gold. They're still holding diamonds. They still got loose rocks because they didn't want to cash in and get taxed for some shit that they brought yeah. over from Japan or where the fuck they brought it from. But look, man, I didn't expect us to get this deep into it, but we always do. My question now is, what's next with the pandemic? Is it over? You know, are we just over it? Like, what's the deal? What do you think? I'll, t I'll tell you what the deal is. There, there's only one question. Will there be another variant? 
And if there'll be another variant, then there'll be another variant there behind is. it. There, there's a new one right now. There's look at John Mayer just got a fucking new strain. He was like, "Yo, how the fuck did I get it again? That's impossible." Unless the first one was a po- false positive, but um, you know, he's like, "Look, it was a PCR. I can't." So now that means that there's a new variant that's coming around that's also strong. And I'm like, "Look, dog, at this point, bro, I don't give a fuck if there is a stronger new variant. I'm gonna be real with you. Nobody's going for it no more. No matter how many people die at this point. Look, I'm telling you, by summer this year, this summer this year." Motherfuckers are going to have their birthday parties. They're not wearing this shit. They're not cracking down nothing. Even when the holiday comes and it gets real bad and ugly, look, dog, by the time my birthday comes around again, which is in January, because my birthday was just, you know, barely a month ago. Right. I'm going to celebrate my 50th birthday. I know there's going to be people out there. I'm just saying people ain't. But I'll, I'll tell you what's really going on, though. You know, it was like that in New York. Everybody was over it, but then everybody disappeared from the streets. A quarter of my staff got sick at the same time. 25% 25% of my staff all at the same time were sick with fucking Omicron. And, and the city turned into a ghost town. I used to, in 2007, it used to take me, if you missed your turn on, on 47th Street or whatever, trying to get to the garage, you would take you in 45 minutes to spin the block. Yeah, I know. That's how much traffic there was. Now I get to work in 15 minutes, bro. Yeah. So we could complain about the foreigners coming and, and taking up the rent, but they're really feeding the economy because the restaurants are suffering. No one's spending money. And the inflation is killing everybody's ability to spend. That's going to strain every business. It's going to knock out the sun, bro. Oh, man. All I know is we had some good-ass Italian food last time I saw you, man. We had some good wine, too. Yeah. I was really surprised because that was, that was our first time really sitting down, having a good meal, like sitting down and it was a low key spot. It was walking distance to my hotel, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm sorry to interrupt, you planted a seed into my head that that uh, nearly destroyed me over here. You, um, uh, you told me about Japanese candies that you're eating, or maybe that was on the oh, podcast. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I mean. As, as soon as you said Japanese candies, bro. <laughs> Like the, you know, I had a, I had a bug in my head. I I know I have a Japanese candy, a, a, a store, a Japanese store, Kobe beef or whatever the hell, <clears throat> wagyu and everything, in Queens. I went in there stoned. I fucking <laughs> filled up a shopping cart. I'm sitting there. Um, um, uh, you know these Japanese candies and everything. They all come in with individual wrappers inside of individual wrappers. Yeah. I got wrappers all over there. I'm thinking I'm Ben Baller. I'm fucking trying these and in the end i realized all this shit is artificially flavored you know it's a nightmare i almost threw up at the end yeah it's just it's just look dog i have my my shit that i fuck with um i just got back from mexico and they had uh coca-cola um uh, i'm sorry haribo gummy cola roulettes i used to have to pay 2500 dollars a month to get my cases of that shit from belgium in random areas now, you know you can get it due to free. It's some. It, it's still not exactly just the easiest yeah. you could walk in. You can get gummy colas anywhere, but the fact that the roulettes were just the way that the texture was. I'm a weird dude, bro. Don't get involved in my shit. Like, yeah. there's a place on 32nd and and um, right next to Battery Park, there's this Japanese market that had Pokari sweat there, and they got the Japanese fucking all the crazy different flavor ramen and all that shit. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, you know, some people it's McDonald's, some people it's this, some people it's just like, hey, I'm just happy to have a meal. You know, I just got into what I liked and, and, you know, I was like, all right, well, this ain't from here. It's not America. It's not like regular Doritos. I, I wanted some different shit and became a hobby. And I started hoarding it. 
And then during the pandemic, I was like, well, I want to be able to enjoy this. I don't want to have to lose it. So like, I've always had that problem of hoarding things and whatever and my exotic shit. And every time I go to Japan, it's one of my favorite places to go to. I deal with that. And by the way, if you guys didn't know, there's a Tracks NYC in Tokyo because Max is a real fucking smart guy. Um, but, uh, I mean, well, let me you, ask you, you were in Mexico, you were with your wife. Did you bring your kids? It was just you and the wife. No, it was just me and the wife this time. Cause it was, uh, it was our tenure. We had to, she needed a very, very serious, she needed a break more than anybody from the kids. Were they with grandparents? They're with the grandparents and I have a nanny and you know, I have, um, we got a driver and all that stuff. So they were good. My brother. So how did it feel to be, how long were you out there for? Six days. How did, how was it? I ain't gonna lie to you, dog. It, it was paradise from the fact that everywhere we were planning on going to pretty much was a 13 to 28 hour flight. Like, you know, with layover here and there. I don't do layovers. I just can't. Never. Now, never. So it's just like too much of a fucking nightmare. So I was like, look, we're going to be in paradise in four and a half hours, right? Well, to mind you, there was a definitely a long drive because it's not like it's Cancun or Playa del Carmen. It's, it's the furthest down the, the, the island, you know? So... It was great. Food was seriously some of the best. I had a great time. You know, it was definitely a lot of money, but I, you know, I'm fuck it. It is what it is, and it was our ten year. It's a big milestone in our marriage. So you know, we had a, we had a great time. Well, it was a lot of money. I mean, listen, you wanted a candid conversation. Um, probably like around. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. Would you? Would, I mean, probably ten like, grand, twenty grand. No, 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 bro. It was probably like thirty eight thousand for six days. Oh, okay. Well, well, what was it per night that that it could be that much? I mean, even the top places. So it was thirty five. It was it was, was, was thirty five hundred a night for the hotel. That's not without taxes and resort fees, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, right. I had a private security guard who had a fucking you know fifty clip fucking you know machine gun that right. is with me twenty four hours a day. I had a driver. You know, we ate. Anytime I even, I'm talking about sitting down for a little bit. Like, you know, let's say you wake up, there's breakfast. Okay, right there. Boom. That's 150, 200 out the gate. Okay. Then lunch, you know, you want to have drinks, you want to have snacks. Boom. That's another 200 right then and there. Then there's dinner. Then there's, it just, it went really, really fast, bro. You know, it was. The dollar don't go that far today. <laughs> it wasn't. No, I remember back in the day, I could be in Cabo. And you could live yeah, there yeah. for a month like a king for 5000 I'm talking about yeah, a man. whole month. Yeah. You know, like literally every night, hotel, everything, boom, food. You have tacos, have everything, have room service. And if you spend 60 bucks in a 24 hours, you're like, God damn. You know, it's yeah. just different now, bro. It's a whole different story and it's changing by the day. But yeah, it sounds good. I mean, you got to enjoy a fantastic time. You with your wife, count your blessings, bro. No, you know I, I definitely do. I feel very grateful. I, I got to ask you this before we end this shit, bro. Do you think this shit in Ukraine and Russia extends to the summertime? No. We're going to see this play out very quickly. We're going to see what's up. Right now, it's a, it's a crisis moment in the world. And the news ain't covering it. They're not dealing with it. There's nobody at the wheel of this planet. I don't believe anything they're saying. I don't believe the last election was legitimate. I don't believe any of this shit. I'm feeling like I'm paranoid, but I don't think I am. I don't believe in the gold price. I don't believe the stock market is where it's at right now either. You know what I'm saying? I, I know that the Fed is buying up all sorts of bullshit on the back end. It's not like in, in, in the 08 crisis where they came out. They said we need $800 billion to keep the global economy. Right now, they're not saying anything. They're doing it behind the scenes. So... Okay, I hold on. I, I know you're yeah. not a conspiracy theorist. You don't think like fucking 35,000 year, years ago there was fucking aliens like the Scientology shit. Right. I know you're not on that level. No. But my question is, 
do you believe, and I know you, you heard about this, do right. you believe in the ghost of Kiev? Well, I'll answer that question. If I believed in it, I'd be a fucking idiot because I have no real evidence. I didn't fucking see this guy knock anybody. I just heard some hearsay. Maybe it came from something true that somebody knocked out a couple of jets and they wanted to, you know, but, you know, I'm not a 14-year-old TikToker to fucking sit here and play Call of Duty and pretend I'm the ghost of Kiev, man. Well, you need to see it to believe it. And you need to know the facts and, and really see the, the, the large-scale shit to really believe something. I mean, dude, some of these big sites, like the Independent, that's a real news site, you know, they're like, this shit's yeah. a fucking urban legend, dog. You know, it's a, that shit's cap. They don't know either. They say urban legend. I lost my faith. When Fauci said masks don't work, then they do work. Then wear two, then wear a, K a KN95. I was wearing a KN95 the whole time. So if I know more than, and you and me know more, Bro, at the I beginning said, of the pandemic. I went against the, the, the Surgeon General and said, I was like, you guys are fucking stupid as fuck. So you don't think a fuck, you think a fucking doctor is sitting yeah. there looking at vaginas all day, not where this is before the pandemic. Bro, I was yeah. using sanitizer before that. So the fact that these dumbasses say they don't work and they work here, and I don't know what, the, the, people are fucking crazy. But That's of course- That's all you need to see. You yeah. saw it with your own eyes. If you and me, two jewelers, or whatever businessman, no more than the top virologist and the surgeon general, that's all you need to know. <laughs> that's I, it. I just, I, just, I just really wonder, like, is this motherfucker Putin going to get taken out, you know, by his own people? Is he going to get taken? I'm just curious because, well, yo, man. You're is... watching a movie. It's like you never saw Scarface and you're watching it for the first time. And right now, you know, it's already in. He's in the restaurant trying to pull the, the hair of whatever her name was. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, and, and you're seeing the scene. You don't know how the movie's going to end at all. What do you think, though, bro? Do you, do you think Putin... Okay, there's a better question. If you had to put a million dollars on Putin being alive in 2023 or not being alive, what would you do? I'd put it on not being alive. Damn. I wouldn't risk it on him being alive, man, because what he's doing, I understand the mentality. He couldn't take Kiev. He got frustrated in Ukraine. You got to understand. He wanted to rebuild his legacy. The guy's life was all about a delusion that he was going to restore Russian uh, prestige around the world. That dream failed. All he ever did was steal money. And he fucking got Belarus, a puppet state, a tiny bullshit ass state. There was no prestige. He got scared subconsciously and he was trying to take Ukraine for his legacy. He saw he was getting 70 years old. How are you going to rebuild the, the Soviet Union if by 70 years old you haven't even done shit? So he went in on his pipe dream and now he can't get out. And now he's that cornered rat he was talking about from the beginning. And the question is, is he like that rat going to bite? Because the world is what's going to corner him. And is he going to value humanity over his own ego? That is the question at hand. And I don't know the answer to that question, man, because it doesn't look like he's valuing humanity when there's thousands of Russian soldiers dead and he's putting in vacuum bombs to bomb Kiev as we speak. Yeah. I mean, this is a crazy time. Yeah. And you know what, man? I, 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 want, shit there, I want there to be peace. But I think it's been quiet for too long. And, you know, shit's fucked up right now, bro. You know, the, the pandemic is fucked. People, again, the people think that, oh, man, look, you know, even Pitbull, who sounds really smart when I hear him talk, he was like, look, 
they were able to do this shit and control a country with with the virus. Control a country, dog. They control two hundred every single country that exists on the earth. The fuck is you talking about, bro? You know what I mean? Like, come on, dog. Like, whether it was man made or not, I don't give a fuck about all that. People did die. You know what I mean? Lots of them. So it's like just to say right, some crazy shit, like say some crazy shit like that. Just like, come on, yeah. man. Like, well, but, people are disconnected. Well, that's the problem. Some people are disconnected from reality, and they don't recognize reality until their pockets are empty, and poverty strikes them in the face because they believe in nothing but money. All they believe in is money, and only when the money goes away will they realize the truth. And it is, you know, upon this generation that this is going to fall. Within our lifetimes, I personally understand because the world is mismanaged. People are ungrateful. They're thinking about what they could take. They're thinking about how they look. It's a game where only one out of 1,000 people win. All right? That's not the game for the world to play. Yeah. And when people become lovers of money, lovers of self, bad things happen and uh, people die. And then when they, when they see their friends die and they realize what life is all about, and they realize that when life is, when life, listen, when you're a young dude like you or me, you know what I'm saying? Relatively young, you got years ahead, you got shit you want to do, you got places you want to see. You're looking at life from a completely different perspective about all the things you want out of it. But when you're at the end of it, you're looking at life completely different. And you're thinking about what did you leave behind? It's a whole paradigm shift, a dynamic and that paradigm shift right now, the whole society, they're all thinking about, oh, shit, I want to be in Ibiza. I want to be dancing like in these music videos. I want to secure be front row at the Lakers. I want to do this. I want, I want, I want, I want. Everybody wants to take. Less and less people want to give. That's not going to sustain itself for a long, long time. This generation is going to have to fucking deal with the consequences of their actions. You got global warming. You got a pandemic that didn't fully go away yet. You got uh, a serious aggression. You got a collapsing currency. Hey, you put those things together and then you have, uh, and if war doesn't break out, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Uh, you know, all I could tell you is in, I was born in the Soviet Union and my parents thought they were going to die in the Soviet Union. They thought that that was going to be the country and it was going to last another fucking thousand years. They couldn't even conceive it. But guess what? They had a wake up call. And when it was time to fucking get on that airplane and leave everything behind and I was a six-year-old kid, I never forgot it. And, uh, you know, in the back of my mind, is always a collapse. So that's really where I'm at. Hey, bro, look, man, I don't know what happened. I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Even when I think about the times that I wanted to fucking put you in handcuffs and beat the fuck out of you and kill you, <laughs> I am very glad. And uh, shout out to my boy Safari. He still hits me up. He's like, uh, you know, his IG page got banned. And um, mine was gone. You know what I'm saying? I had to hire an attorney to get it back. That's a whole nother discussion um, because <laughs> some of the funny shit you've done is, is a fucking amazing. But we'll get into that another time. Yeah. Right and now. somehow. I, right now, I do want to say, Max, I always appreciate the talk. I appreciate you jumping on so candidly, so quickly. And um, I'll be in New York in two weeks, bro. We definitely got to connect. It's a privilege anytime. I'm looking forward to it. And I can't wait to talk about the aftermath next time we, we meet or we talk. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Max, I'll talk to you soon, my brother. God bless, bro. All right, man. Yo, Miles, man, throw some music on and let's get right to a commercial and be right back with the Lakey outro Lake of the show. Shit. Yes, sir. Lakey Lake, man. <laughs>
It's the beginning of a new year, so there's never been a better time to get back into shape. But between balancing work, family, and life in general, it could be hard to make fitness a priority. That's why I use FitBod. FitBod's innovative algorithm learns about your goals and training abilities and crafts a personalized training regimen that's unique to you. Start the year off like me with 25% off a FitBod membership. Whether you exercise three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBod even tracks your muscle recovery, balancing your workout plan with a variety of exercises to avoid overworking certain muscles. FitBot is super easy to use and even has a brand new HD video tutorial to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with your Apple Watch and apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBot is only $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. That's $12.99 a month. Kick the new year off right and get started on your customized fitness plan from FitBot. Get 25% off a membership when you sign up now at fitbod.me slash baller. That's 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash baller. What up, y'all? Tracks is a wild boy, man. Trax is a wild boy. You know, I never thought I'd fuck with this dude like that, man. It's crazy shit. That's why you never know. When you know, you know. When you don't know, you just don't know, right? It just, you wouldn't expect it because, you know, you just, like, you know, some motherfuckers are just bitch-ass motherfuckers. They're just a whole-ass, sucker-ass, punk-ass clowns. Completely full stop. Pivot into something. I don't want to associate that bullshit. But uh, I do got to say real quick, rest in peace to my boy Buys One. He uh, was a pillar in the hip-hop community, and I mean the real hip-hop community. I'm talking about, like, I'm not talking about the baby or, you know, these other rappers or whatever. I'm talking about somebody who's really around that boom bap, um, kept it alive till now, was a big reggae head, uh, was from Bakersfield, California, came out to L.A. around 97-ish, worked in radio, represented a lot of DJs. I met him through my boy Mr. Chalk from the Beat Junkies. He was doing a ton of shit in music, promotions. Um, was a very, 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 very integral uh, figure in the, the radio game and in the um, DJ servicing game. I, shit, man, I, you know, last time I talked to him physically, it was maybe like four or five years ago. We were definitely, you know, boys. He had bought some jewelry, but we've known each other since I was in the music business, since I was a DJ, and he was always a good dude. He had a daughter, and um, he passed away from COVID, man. It was really fucked up. He had got it uh, right around New Year's, and he got that strain that everyone was getting. Every single fucking person right around Christmas time got it, right? I had it, obviously. And, um, you know, it just got worse and worse. He he wasn't in the best health. Um, He was not vaccinated at all and it got him you know and um you know he was trying to talk to some people my boy reflex was the person who put me up on it first and and um i don't want to make this about that it's just situation happened to my cousin rex um 
And that was before the vaccine was really available, so it doesn't really matter. But it's kind of fucked up the situation because Baez was a good person. There's no doubt 100%. But he did let these conspiracy theories get the best of him. I'm not tarnishing his his death. I'm not overpowering. I am telling the truth. You know, can't ever avoid that. And no, sometimes it's not as simple as two plus two equals four, but there are truths. And he was spewing a shit ton of anti-vax conspiracies and things like that. It's just a goddamn shame. Um, there was no necessarily, you know, pre-existing conditions that I know about, that I've talked to family about, whatever, you know, rest in peace. I, God bless his soul. Just goddamn shame. I had a few of my homies, my boy, like I said, my boy Reflex, who was so random. I just need fucking totally, I always forget that Reflex was Kanye's DJ. Like I always fucking forget that shit. But he had told Buys, you know, and I think a few of my boys like, yo, dog, go get vaccinated, man. We love you. It's all good. Just go get vaccinated, you know. And what did it say to life? I, I would be betting money that it's gonna, I would have saved his life. Better news. We are working on video right now. We got a couple ideas of how we're going to do a video. There's going to be some stationary video shit that we would do maybe in a studio or man cave. But we got another idea for video that's going to be fucking sick for guests. And I'm excited about it. We already started buying cameras, started buying equipment and stuff. And I already have the working um, machine that we're doing this video on. So Jordan is on it. Miles is on it. They already do shows that do video. It's just a different type of thing. It's a different beast. But obviously, um, it would make the show a whole different element. And I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. For everyone who listens to this, obviously, still right now through you know their iPhone, through their drives and stuff, look, I'm excited for it. This is just going to bring a whole different demographic now with video because I'm doing what I do without video. We got the video side of it. You're going to see my ugly ass mug. We're going to get it in. I got back in town, right? And as soon as I fucking land, I'm like, yo, I need to clear my head, go through customs. I get back to the house and I'm like, look, I got two hours to kill before I see my kids and pick them up at school. I was like, let me do some shit, right? I go to Dave and Buster's because I needed to hear some retro video game environment sounds. And I go to the one in Santa Anita Mall. This is fucking way the fuck out of it's like 40 minutes away from my house. Go over there, just vibe out and just chill. Shout out to my boy Popeye. Obviously, shout out to Dave and Buster's. And then, um, you know, I'm right back in the shit with my kids and everything. By the way, my credit card got declined at the airport for fucking Panda Express. Shouldn't even fucking hate that bullshit, but I was like, you know, I want something different. And uh, it was crazy because it was embarrassing. Like, you know, you, you hand them a black card and be like, all right, well, it's declined. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay, fuck it. Use a different card. But I had to call the car and they said it was suspicious activity because I've never used it for anything under like $600 or whatever, or even really those purchases are usually like in that $7,000, They're for big purchases and for business for the iPhone Co. So it was like $21, motherfucker. It, it was low-key embarrassing. Anyways, I get a text yesterday morning, Wednesday morning, get a text from an old boy of mine, Saya, and, uh, he runs an air, a sports agency, which I'm not tripping, whatever, it's management. Uh, it's called Paradigm Sports. And come to find out, one of my boys who did my sizzle reel and worked on my reality show before anybody else, a student named Audie, he's a, a trip, motivational dude, you know, powerful guy. I didn't know 
This motherfucker started this sports agency. This is my dog. And he, he's been managing Conor McGregor since forever. And like, you know, I've always been cracking jokes about Conor McGregor, whatever. But he's like, yo, this dude, my client wants to come shop with you. He wants to meet you the whole nine. And I'm kind of surprised because I know who dude is. I've bet on him before, you know, on my bookie and, and shit like that. I, no cap. I've mentioned him on posts. And, uh, you know, it's Israel Adesanya, right? And I'm like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's the man. You know, he wants to meet me. Like, all right, cool. So I had a meeting at Excel yesterday. It went great. You know, um, one of my agents had left. And a uh, weird situation. But we just wanted to get everything level on the up and up, get an attack plan, you know, figure out things. And so I go to my store, which I rarely go to. And as you guys know here, I don't talk about, you know, my iPhone Gold store that much. But go to the store and I meet Israel, and he has his crew there, he has his boys, his managers with them, boom, and we chop it up for like two fucking hours. We chopped it up so much that I had to be like, oh shit, how my wife called me, like, yo, we got, Kai's got ballet lessons, like, you need to hurry up and get your ass home. So I'm like, shit, you know, we had chopped it up so much, dude is so well-versed, such a great person, just great energy, it was a trip. Like, this dude is, you know, like, respect for his elders, the way he was raised and everything. Told me about the story, you know, from Nigeria to New Zealand and living in Auckland and all this stuff and just him coming up. We had this great talk, man. Dude dropped a bag, a fucking bag in my jewelry store. And um, I already could tell, like, me and him are going to be, you know, there's a future, you know, friendship and everything. He's talking about, you know, his next big fight is uh, in July, probably, well, most likely this summer. In Vegas. Can't wait to see dude fight again. Um, he's a bad motherfucker. So yeah, man, shout out to Israel and uh the whole paradigm team, Saya, Tim, Audi, all them. Yo, the crazy part was when I was in Mexico, I totally forgot that every single fucking all my prime network, it would look different. Like if I had movies I already downloaded and bought, good. Netflix, a lot of shit wasn't available. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Hulu like, I couldn't watch any Hulu show. I couldn't watch Pam and Tommy. Couldn't watch, or Tommy and Pam, whatever. I couldn't watch my fucking other shit. I couldn't watch Bel Air. I couldn't watch nothing, right? And what I couldn't watch on Amazon Prime was I couldn't watch Force. You know? Motherfucking Power Book Force. So, the only thing that was available was Euphoria. And I'm going to get into that in a second. But as soon as I got back, I think, what, Tuesday night. I watched all my shit, Law and Order, fucking Bel Air, whatever, boom, here and there. Watching Bel Air, this motherfucker, Carlton, is the biggest, saltiest hater. They made this motherfucker like, what's up, man? God damn. Show's watchable, it's cool, but it's definitely like, it feels like All-American, right? A little more thugged out than All-American, right? But it's like, I don't know, and I can't see how this shit, you know, because... They drop in N-words. They drop in curse words. I don't know how the fuck this is on NBC. I guess it's only streaming on people. I'm not really exactly sure. But Force, this week's episode of Force, or Sunday's episode, was, it was good. It was another filler, but it was, it was a needed one. It was legit. I've actually reached out to Joseph Sikora, who is, you know, Tommy from Power, from Force. And uh, I don't know, it sounds like he's down. I don't know. I, from the person that was making it happen... Seem on some some punk shit, whatever. And not with all that fucking weirdo shit, especially because I've had anyone 
that you could think of that, you know what I'm saying, that I could reach out to do it. And if it didn't happen on the show, an interview was because of me, not because of them. Meaning they didn't want to be on the show or anything. There's nobody I've ever reached out to that wasn't down. I'm just, there's a certain like vibe I'm trying to put on here. If I want to have rappers on here all the time, boom, I'm sure we could do a session where we do one month and we do four rappers that month or whatever and do that. And we do video, it'd be perfect for that time. Now, found out that Sam Levinson is the creator, the writer, and the director of Euphoria. He uh, did a movie called Assassination Nation. He's done some other things. And I love that movie. That movie was fucking crazy as shit. And it reminded me a lot of Euphoria. Euphoria is obviously a lot more drawn out, you know, a little more elaborate than just having a, you know, hour 45 minute movie. But what's crazy is I'm on the complex page and they tag Sam Levinson, you know, because they just had, I guess, the finale, whatever. And it was a big show and the fucking, it crashed the website or whatever. And I don't even know what the fucking, I don't know how I mean. I guess it's a short season. But I click on the dude's page. It's private and he follows me. And I'm like, nah, man, this can't be really the dude, not the real creator of fucking of Euphoria. So I go on uh, Zendaya's page. She follows him. I go on Drake's page. Drake follows him. I go on fucking Jacob E. Lordy's page. Follows him. Go to Angus Cloud, follows. I'm like, yo, this is really him. So I, you know, I, I push dude, follow him. Uh, we end up chatting up in the DMs. Cool dude, you know. But I kind of gave up on Euphoria. Not because it was super hella gay. Um, it just lost me. The first episode was dope. The rest of them were just, um, it just I didn't vibe with them. I don't know what it is, man. First episode was so fucking good. Like, god damn. It was dope that, you know, that they're focused on my boy Angus Cloud. Um but I might get and check out, you know, the rest of them and breeze through them and see the finale. I don't know. It's a trip. I just wanted to tell you guys that I wanted to flex and say that the fucking creator follows me. All right. That was that was dope. Uh, but that's about it. Oh, you know what? My bad, man. The Lakers. You know what? I, I should fucking skip this over. We're playing like shit. It's fucking terrible. Can we make the fucking playing at this point? You know, we ain't going to make seventh place. You know, it doesn't look like it. It just it's fucking pathetic. Now. Hear me out real quick. Can it happen if we get in there and then we have to go and now get into, you know, a seven-game series with someone? We're so inconsistent. I feel like we might have a chance to fuck around and, and, you know, take it out. You never fucking know. You can't count us out even though we're that bad. It's just such a weird thing where we can beat these great teams. So I don't know. And again, the inconsistency, that's a good thing for us when it comes to a seven-game series. Like, you never fucking know. We might take the seven. We might take everyone seven games. It's such a weird fucking thing. But, you know, we are playing like shit. Uh, everyone's blaming all kinds of people. all kinds of shit. Motherfuckers are, the Lakers are talking back to fans now. Like, the fuck is going on here? Like, this shit's weird. Meanwhile, Philadelphia. Whew, bro, James Harden right now, and look, Joel Embiid was already whooping people. They was whooping teams' asses, okay? They was whooping that ass. Now they got their own little trio. Man, bro, like, I, I don't know. You know, um, Kendrick Perkins had said that he thinks the fucking, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers are going to the finals. Now, I agree. I think they are, you know what I'm saying? Like, why wouldn't they? But... Can they win? I don't know. Can they beat the Phoenix Suns? I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. But 
Tyrese Maxey, these guys are a problem. They whooped on Milwaukee. They've already beat these other teams without Harden. Now that what's going on, it's a whole different level. Of, they're just on some different shit right now. But yeah, man, we, we're just, I don't know, man. It's a fucked up situation. But this was definitely a full-fledged episode of BTB this week. I do appreciate you guys. Look, I'll be back on Monday with the weekend wrap-up. We're going to get this shit cracking. We're trying to get this video stuff ASAP. I'm not fucking playing with y'all. It's going to take a little time. We might drop the audio versions first, and then the video comes out next because it takes a little time to obviously edit all that. But I'm excited to show you guys what we have planned. And again, BTB Army, thank you much so much for everything. I appreciate you guys so much. If you're not subscribed to the show, please hit that subscribe button, and um, it, it will help a lot. Um, and that's it, y'all. You already know, man, my man, Lakey Lake. You know what time it is, Lakey. All right, man, let, let, let's get out of here. All right, y'all. Peace.